Hi, my name is Kristen Pulver, and today we are reading and discussing Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, titled, God's Mysterious Plan Revealed. And what I'm going to do is read through the verses, then provide a basic explanation of each verse based on historical context. Then I'm going to talk about what I think Paul is saying and how it can apply to us. So here we go. Ephesians 3, verses 1 through 6. When I think of this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations. But now, by His Spirit, He has revealed it to His holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body, and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Before we look at verse 1, I just want to remind you that this whole book of the Bible is a letter written from Paul, an apostle of Jesus, to the church in a town called Ephesus. So let's look back at verse 1. Paul starts here by reminding his readers that he is in prison, and he's in prison essentially because of them. Paul considered it his calling to preach the grace and redemption of Jesus Christ to non-Jewish people, also called Gentiles, and because he was doing that, he was arrested and put in prison. In verse 2, Paul makes it clear that the church in Ephesus should know his story by now. He's had a relationship with them for three years or so, so he assumes they know about his conversion. He's also drawing attention again here to the fact that preaching the good news and extending the grace of Christ to Gentiles is now his calling, so he doesn't feel badly about being in prison and he doesn't want the people to feel guilty about the fact that he's there. In case you don't know Paul's story, Paul was not always a Christian. In fact, he spent his life persecuting the followers of Jesus before he was chosen by God to bring the good news to the Gentiles. Before his conversion, Paul believed that preaching the good news was wrong and an attack on Jewish tradition. In verses 3 and 4, Paul simply states that he's going to talk about the mystery that is revealed to him, and he's referenced that in previous letters, but finally in this letter, He's going to explain what that mystery is. In verse 5, Paul is emphasizing that this is an exciting time because this mystery has never been fully made known before. And the reason this mystery is revealed now is because of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And finally, in verse 6, Paul explains the mystery, which includes three things. First, that Jews and Gentiles who believe in the good news are equally a part of God's family. Second, not only are they part of God's family, but part of the same body. And third, this was God's intent all along. So this is a huge change for Christian tradition. Prior to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, Jews were God's chosen people. And everyone who was not a Jew, who was called a Gentile, did not have a relationship with God. Jews followed a set of laws laid out many years before and believed that the strength of their relationship with God was based on how well they followed those rules or laws. And now with this mystery revealed, 
God is choosing everyone, Jews and Gentiles. And a relationship with God is not a result of rules followed or points earned by doing the right thing, but a result of believing in Jesus and accepting his divine grace. And I'm sure that this was really hard for Jewish people. They had worked for many years to follow the laws laid out by God, and now suddenly anyone could enter into a relationship with God, not by earning it, but by believing in the good news and accepting grace. So what does this all mean? I had three main takeaways from reading and pondering this passage. First, the invitation to be a part of God's family is open to everyone. We are all inadequate and undeserving, and yet God extends his grace to each of, each of us if we choose to accept it. We cannot earn grace or do good deeds to enter into a relationship with God. We must simply believe that God offers us this gift and then accept it. In other words, grace saves us. It covers our weaknesses and inadequacies and welcomes us into God's family. And secondly, grace empowers us. As we see here from the life of Paul, he received God's grace, but then saw it as his responsibility or life's calling to extend grace. And this was a powerful thing for me to realize. The first part of being a Christian is to accept God's grace, but that's just the beginning. Once we've accepted God's grace, we must be emboldened by it to extend grace to others. For me personally, I feel like I often allow my inadequacies to turn into insecurity that prevents me from taking action. And every single day, I have to choose to let my shortcomings be covered, even erased by God's grace, so that I can feel empowered to extend grace to everyone I meet. And not just when someone does something wrong, but to look for ways to extend grace like Paul did. But unless we're allowing our inadequacies and our insecurities to be covered by grace, we will never be looking for ways to extend it to others. We'll just be focusing on the things that we're doing wrong and the ways that, we're, that we are failing. And the third thing that I take away from this passage is that we are meant to do this in community. Paul makes sure to state in verse 6 that Jews and Gentiles are part of one body. We are meant to be together with other Christians, and I think that's because our inadequacies make us want to turn inward. Isolation makes it easier to forget the ways in which we don't measure up, and we need constant reminders from each other that that doesn't matter. We will never measure up, and that's why we can so boldly extend grace to others. So what about you? Have you accepted God's grace? And if so, are you allowing it to embolden you to actively offer grace to others? Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace that covers all our inadequacies. Help us to accept that grace and empower us today to live boldly in your name and offer your grace to others. Amen.